we lost everything. People are dis- were uh, very disparate. You know, they have lost their job. They have lost the, some of them. They have lost their lives. Some of them they lo- lost their families and uh, their homes and their dreams. What they wanted to be in the future. Welcome to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, a podcast taking you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham. Since August, the entire world has been focused on Afghanistan, and Samaritan's Purse has been helping the hurting families that have fled. Many barely escaped, and now they're in need of food, clothing, emotional support as they rebuild their lives, some from absolutely nothing. Samaritan's Purse is supporting Afghan families in transit in Albania, and we're also helping to resettle here in the United States through the local church. I sat down with Aaron Ashoff, our Deputy Director for International Projects. Probably mid-August, we weren't really sure how we were going to get involved. Mm -hmm. And then we found out there are some people that we should help. We should find out, like, where they were. There's some Afghan women. And... Mm -hmm. uh, we we really went out just to help them to find out. We'd heard they'd gotten out of Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and they were somewhere in the Middle East. So we we had some team members drop down from Iraq. They were to kind of locate where they were at, and then that just unfolded everything for us. Like that, the beginning. The, so there's that group of women we wanted to help, and then we had a couple hundred staff, uh, former mm. Samaritans Purse, Afghan staff in the country whose lives were threatened because they'd work for us. So really, we, we were trying to get them out. And then there's some people we knew about that we wanted to follow follow mm-hmm. to find, did they get to America? Were they in good hands? And that unfolded. One of our longer running DART, uh, DART responses, where we've had probably for about four months, it's kind of a long response in eight countries, and we've sent out rough guess over 200 DART staff have been out. Like we still have 50 out today, but we went from finding where they landed in mm-hmm. these transit centers. Then we, as, as they would have leave one, we would follow them to the next. Hmm. And then we, we figured out pretty quick what we could do. Cause you could say, well, was there like a million things to do? Or like, how did you figure out each time what you do? And it was really simple. We knew we knew people needed immediate medical attention, mm-hmm. and then we knew they they were they were about to hit winter in in Europe, and they needed winter clothing. Oh, and typically, uh, small kids needed diapers, mm-hmm. baby mm-hmm. cream, things like this. And then we just started sending those teams mm-hmm. to different hotspots that pop up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing. From the beginning, the idea for us, we were like, what do we bring to the table in this whole situation? And everybody said, the church. Like the church is is the biggest, if there's mm-hmm. a big problem, what what could we leverage or what could we open up mm-hmm. towards this problem? And now, now the amazing thing is now Afghans are in America, mm-hmm. but you got to get them integrated. You got to... Mm-hmm bring them off the basis once they've been screened, once they've been through medical uh, checks, uh, checkups and vaccinations and all that. Now they're ready to get into society. So the, the neat thing from the beginning, we're saying, how can we involve the church? Mm-hmm. And then it, it just was like very crystal clear, simple, uh, that the church could welcome Afghans into communities. 
and mm-hmm. walk alongside them. Mm-hmm. So we that's kind of the whole progression from the evacuation that it still is ongoing to all these intermediate places in Europe and the Middle East. And then they eventually push to the U.S. is taking in the most Afghans. The, like, the point we're at now is see, seeing the church mm-hmm. raise... Mm-hmm. raise her hand and say, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. I love it because, you know, God knew. God knew about yeah. this. It's not a surprise to him. You know, we didn't. You know, this mm-hmm. is what Samaritan's first looking into this year, you know, starting last January. You didn't know that this was going to happen. But yeah. I love the way that God has had people in certain places set mm-hmm. up that set them up for such a time as this. And you're right. It has evolved yeah, as the needs have exactly been made. It. You know, it's not like... You just said, we're going to do this. You just said, what can we do? And God mm-hmm. has opened the door. So, yeah, talk to me about what Samaritan's Purse is currently doing. You, sure. you just mentioned how it yeah. came to be, um, and it wasn't that Samaritan's Purse forced their way in. They right. just saw needs, met them. But now, can we talk about Albania? Yeah. You know, what, what are we doing there? Let's sure. start there, and then we'll talk about the ones that are being resettled. Yeah, it was pretty clear we, we had put forward to— the government ministries there were good at medical. We can set up clinics fast. Can we do that for you? Immediately well-received. The Albanian government, Minister of Health said, come on, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. We would love to have your medical teams here. So, of course, the, the clinics going great. Then beyond that, we, we knew there were some, actually some churches that wanted, that were Albanian. They were like, oh, great, you're already here. Like, let's work with you. So we oh. work with some local churches who kind of knew how things worked in Albania and were able to procure things with them. And then the other piece that we see everywhere we go in the world is people been traumatized. And so the neat thing is we, we come in and do trauma counseling hmm. where we'll have uh, Christians from our team that know how to walk through crisis with people. And I got to talk to Paul today our team leader. Mm-hmm. And I said, Paul, like what's, what's going on on the ground? Like what, why are we there beyond like, we, you know, we don't just give out blankets or that. He's, it, he actually said, it's beautiful. The testimonies that are coming out of this because uh, he talked about an old man who, uh, who cried for the first time. He said, first time in years, he just cried with our counselors because he'd been uh, treated like an animal and now he's being treated like a human. And SP staff were the first ones to ask him, simple, you or I could ask, how are you? Like, are you okay? Uh, with the psychosocial support, we can uh, educate them on trauma-informed care. Uh, and then we can have debriefs where our people just listen to them, listen to their stories. Because they've come out of Afghanistan, they've left their families they left their entire homes behind, they've left their livelihoods, and they're never gonna return, as far as I know. Uh, so however we can help vent that uh, mental anguish and address those needs uh, is uh, what we're here to do. And he, they just said people are just opening up, mm-hmm. and God's put the team there to have Christians there to talk to them. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. uh, like Paul said, where you can have uh, skilled skilled believers that can be the ones walking through trauma mm-hmm. like this with people. Mm-hmm. So that's like the evolution within the response where we're like, hey, we met a physical need and now we're going to meet a spiritual, a deeper need here. Mm-hmm. And I, I love when, when our team gets to that point. So that's where they're at. 
in Albania. Words are too too little to ask, but still we we think that Samaritan Purse are like angels for us. Like they are bringing medicine, food, hygiene. Nobody can do it, but Samaritan Purse is doing things. They are not less than angels for us. So we sent a DART team out there, I would say probably about a month and a half mm-hmm. ago, to wow. start up the medical clinics. And then we were actually asked by the community if we could bring in trauma counselors. That's awesome. So that's, that's what we did there. And uh, Afghans are able to kind of, they have space to walk around and there's a little bit of freedom Mm -hmm. there. And it was neat. I was watching an English uh, ESL class. English is a second language. Mm -hmm. We had one of our dark dark guys teaching it. Uh, There was one guy that spoke great English. He was helping translate. So Mm -hmm. I just, I saw him outside and I said, hey, like, how's everybody doing here? Like, are they, like, what's it like for them? And I was expecting to say, you know, we're despairing or something mm-hmm. like that. But he said, we're in America. We're free. We're mm-hmm. like, we're free from the Taliban. Like we get to start over. It, it was really surprising to me that mm-hmm. he had such a positive mm-hmm. outlook. Yep. And even he had said, you know, SP showed up at the right time. Everyone here has winter clothing. Like we got winter clothing out to probably, I don't know, I guess like 10,000 winter kits, hats, gloves, uh, jacket, thermals, good boots, boots I would wear, they were good. And we got it out to everybody. We had mm-hmm. we had truck drivers here driving trucks up on the weekend to get this stuff there and get over their stuff. So he said, we got clothes, you brought up stuff for the babies, for the mm-hmm. kids, you're teaching us English, you're getting us ready. And he's like, we're free. And then that leads into where we're headed with this church, mm-hmm. uh, the, the what we're calling the Afghan Resettlement Program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one thing to send DART teams mm-hmm. out out to meet people. And then it's another thing to, to kind of try to see this thing through to the end. And I think the end, the end really is Afghans integrating into mm-hmm. America. And for about a month now, we've put together a great team and learned everything we can about resettlement mm-hmm. and put, put a it kind of took weeks to study what other resettlement agencies do. And thankfully, God's provided people here that have had a background. They worked for resettlement groups before. It's wild. Mm-hmm. And we have um, a, a great team engaging so many churches in America to just ask, like, will you will you be a part of this? Will you welcome, mm-hmm. welcome people? Mm-hmm. So we're at that point now of um, just just trying to connect churches to families. Mm-hmm. So yeah, talk to me about this program. If, if someone's listening, they say, oh, I would love to do that. What sure. does their church need to do? Um, what are the first yeah. steps? What does a church need to do? Great question. On on a very personal level, you're making a friend. You're just being, mm-hmm. you're, you're just being kind to someone. And, it, and I can say the past week of my life has been incredible because we've had our first family here. Mm-hmm. And this one packed, like, well, what do you do? Well, we met the family at the airport. Mm-hmm. We drove them up from Charlotte to here. We we found a house. We furnished it. I don't say not me, but the, the mm-hmm. church did. Mm-hmm. Furnished it. They made sure you had internet. Uh, they made sure there was food in, in the kitchen when they got there. S- since then, over the past week, you just do normal life. 
mm-hmm. with that family. That's a huge part of his teaching them what normal American life is. So mm-hmm. I would guess almost each night someone's invited that family to come have a meal. Mm-hmm. So Thanksgiving, they came with us. They rented a house for us. And uh, then um, they actually invited us to their homes for a meal. We have participated in uh, Thanksgiving uh, event. And we just had a blast. So much so, their kid's really cool. Mm-hmm. We're like, hey, you're, you're like playing sports, so do mine. And uh, you're just trying to make, just bring American life to them. Mm-hmm. And then last night we watched a little YouTube Afghan Traditional dances, they brought a little mm. Afghan life to us. We mm. ate balani with them in their mm. house. It was actually delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, that you're just kind of joining those mm-hmm. lives together. I actually got to meet Ali that day, and he is just so warm and friendly and thankful for all that Samaritan's Purse has done for his family. Uh, we obviously changed his name and his uh, voice for security reasons, but I was just overwhelmed with uh, the fact that he trusted us enough to share a story and his bravery to be able to share so that we can know and pray for these families that are resettling. Um, so he shares with us what it was like after the collapse of the Afghan government. I even uh, did not expect to happen to happen this kind of collapse of uh, government. Uh, you know, no one had uh, expected that. Uh, unfortunately, suddenly, uh, it happened, and uh, it uh, you know destroyed all our dreams uh, that we had for future of our children and for future of our country. You know, first time uh, when I've heard that my government collapsed and uh, the Taliban came to power and uh, the uh, previous government was overthrown by force. And then when I have heard this, believe me, for four days and night, I was crying. So I was uh, emotionally disrupted. I couldn't imagine uh, it, it would have happened. At the time, Ali was out of the country for work, and his family was desperately trying to flee Afghanistan and join him. You know, but the Taliban was making that really difficult, and they were worried that they would never see each other again. Uh, but through a miracle, they were able to escape to the United States. So finally, on 22nd of August, when I saw my wife, I was also, I mean, extremely happy. Uh, you know, I thanked God. Finally, I had them, and then I took them uh, home, you know, for, you know, few days in even a month. They were stressed and uh, lots of stress, and they didn't sleep well. Uh, very stressful uh, time was there, very stressful, not only with my family, but also with others. I mean, I could imagine that how uh, difficult it is for a family to be separated. Like I I saw other families also that they separated. Ali and his family have been welcomed by one of our sponsor churches. And when we asked him about his time here and and what he would want to say, all he could do was beam and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he just wanted to talk about how much gratitude his family had for the people that have welcomed him. I hope uh, that we can have more Afghans here. 
and uh, uh, I can I hope that um, I be I can be helpful to uh, this community and uh, in future I hope that I can help others as I was helped how I can help others yeah actually in last few days uh, uh, in more engagement with the uh, families uh, that was amazing um, we were engaged with them and they were very very helpful uh, and very kind to us and we learned the culture and they learn our culture uh, uh, they learn from us we learn from them this is kind of uh, i mean Uh, like university or school for me to to learn. I love learning uh, a lot um, about the culture, about the people, about the geography. So I'm learning a lot. I'm listening to them. I'm telling them my stories. So uh, more, uh, you know, mutual uh, interest and engagement. If you're listening and you want to get involved, I encourage you to talk to your church. See if it's something that they would like to be a part of. Yes, it is a significant commitment, and it requires many people to get engaged and be a part of this program, but it truly can change lives. I mean, think about it. When you move to a new community, you know, it's hard. Uh, but we at least know the the language, the culture, the dynamics. But you know, you need you need to learn where your doctor is, uh, where where your kids need to go to school, uh, where where you should um, get your driver's license, and all these things. Um, but they don't they don't know where to go. They don't know what's needed. And so you're just a friend, driving them to these appointments, helping them to set up and schedule um, everything that they need to do, and just holding their hand through the first couple months as they settle into their community. Um, and Jesus, is enc- he encourages us to have hospitality and to be gracious to people that are in need. I want to read Matthew 25, 35 through 40 that says, When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you look after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in, needing clothes and clothe you? When did you see a sick person or go to visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so I encourage you, uh, just as Jesus does, uh, these are the least of these. They need our help. They are our partners and allies who have helped us for many years, and now it's our turn to help them. So go to SamaritansPurse.org, and there's a link at the top of the page, and you can fill out a short online form. And, and it's not a commitment. It just helps us to know uh, how we can help you and give you information throughout this process. As we close, Aaron gives us ways to pray. The, the trauma thing hit pretty close to home today. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think continue. These are the, the interesting thing about the family that came here, same age as me, mm-hmm. wife, married, kids, same age mm-hmm. as mine. Mm-hmm. He's a guy just like me. Mm-hmm. Like wh- why did his life fall apart? Mm-hmm. And, and the, the thing that hit me is like, they just need someone to, to help them out. Like just help them out. And so the prayer would be too, that many people would help. That, it, that as many, many mm-hmm. as God would call to help would help, that the Holy Spirit would move and that uh, churches would raise their hand and, mm-hmm. and walk alongside mm-hmm. Afghans that are here. Two, that, that God would work in their lives, the lives of the Afghans to 
rebuild, rebuild and heal. Paul said that a lot today. He's like, it, it's so neat that we can be part of the healing in their lives after the trauma they've been through. So pray that God would put lives back together mm-hmm. uh, in the ways that only he can. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know I've said it before, but go to org if you want more information. Um, we truly... Uh, need the churches to get involved. As I said, you know, churches can advocate and sponsor a family and help them resettle within your community. Um, There are literally tens of thousands of Afghans that are waiting here in the United States for a chance to restart their lives. And so I encourage you to uh, welcome them. You know, the Old Testament reminds us, just like the Israelites, um, you know, they were foreigners in Egypt. We are to remember that and to extend the same courtesy. And so Leviticus 19 and Exodus 23 say the same thing. When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And so just be reminded, you know, we are all foreigners. Um, And so this is such a great way to show people the love of God in a tangible, active way. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you.